Welcome to Nautical Knowledge and Nonsense, everyone. This is the maiden voyage of the podcast, and I got to sit down with two old shipmates, Otis and Newt. These are basically my oldest shipmates that I have, and we had a great time doing our first interview. We recount some crazy sailor stories and our times together in our first day sailing. Everything from the most embarrassing and hilarious day in West Coast tallship history to the most epic seasickness sail ever to having a woman die in my arms. This was our first recording and we were learning, so please forgive occasional thumps, bangs, and yelling toddlers in the background. Also, towards the second half of the episode, we really loosen up, so be warned. There is some swearing, but we are sailors, so what do you expect? So, my name is Johan. Uh, yeah, I'm a tall ship captain. I've been sailing tall ships since, uh, what, almost 15, 16 years now. And I'm here with some of my very first shipmates ever. In fact, the very first shipmate ever, uh, Newt or Jesse Malpin. Uh, Dr. Malpin, excuse me. And, uh, yeah, Ryan Danforth Daniels. Yeah, I've, uh, I was. I, I I don't know if I am a tall ship captain. I was a tall ship captain. I don't know. Uh, worked on boats for a bit. Um, still work on different boats for a bit. I uh, do uh, education and I do um, well, a little bit of everything. I do right now. I'm doing a little bit of caretaking, some life properties, and uh, finishing off my teaching credential. Wow. How did you get that nickname, Otis? Ah. Uh, yeah, many call me Otis, that's right. Oh, man, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> I stepped aboard a boat that had like three Ryans already pretty well entrenched. There was an evil Ryan, there was a good Ryan, who I just met recently, actually. And uh, there was a, uh, a Ryan they called Milo. Yes, um, yes. So because of the Milo and Otis cat and dog. That's, they, I knew I knew there was an association with and Milo. Otis, so I'm yeah. named after a, a pug. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's awesome. And how'd you get your nickname? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, John Boy Morrison. That's two two words, three words, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, John Boy just has a, a, a shit memory, I guess, for names, and <laughs> just couldn't remember what I was called, and just kept saying, "Hey, you," or you know, "you there," and somebody misheard him, and he, they they thought he said you, Newt. When he was just saying, hey, you, and it, uh, it stuck. And then, you know, I, I kind of liked it because I like I like climbing in the rigging. And uh, I don't know if newts are good climbers, but I, I like to imagine a salamander or newt climbing up the rigging. Did JB come up with Tiny's name? So was that like, probably? I, I feel like the story I was told is just like, that tiny guy over there is <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. 60. That might have been a broader. Pre- I, think, I think that might have been a pre tall ship name. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I was kind of about it. Ginormous. Yeah, he's a big, he's a right big pet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so what, uh, gosh, where to begin? What, first boats? I don't know. It was like my first boat was Lady Washington. Newt, I, we were talking about this earlier, where you were the first sailor I met. You came mm-hmm. with what we called Splatting. Old Town, Sacramento. Old Town, Sacramento. Yeah, mm-hmm. right there in front of Joe's Crab Shack. I saw, uh, signed up for two weeks on Lady Washington, didn't know what I was getting into. I see this guy just, too. Yeah. I see this guy Tarzaning off the boat on the, the Splatland and landing mm-hmm. on the dock and he's like, Oh hi, you must be the new guy. I was like, What have I done? That was before they stopped taking lady after the the, the, the captain's mutiny of two thousand and six where they 
told us they were going to take about a third more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, man, that, was, that was wild. And then, yeah, so that was my very, very first impression of boats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so the full transparency, the Lady Washington is is the last tall ship I worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my, most of my sailing predated that. I, I grew up in in the, the nautical port of Port Townsend, and both both parents came from sailing stocks. So I grew up sailing El Toros and Sunfish and various sloops that my parents had when we were little kids. So, um, so I was sort of kind of pushed out of the house after graduating high school. Didn't want to go to college. And my dad said, "Well, I know a ship that you can you can live on for at least two weeks. See if they like you." I started out volunteering and then uh, they I guess they didn't they didn't dislike me enough to tell me not to come back so I spent the next 10 months um, on the Lady Washington and actually um, it was it was Ryan Otis here who who was was one of the reasons I decided to um, to, to actually go to college this was this was pre-college it took a gap year because I, I, I didn't really know what, what I was going to do in college I didn't have a strong interest in anything but um, I, I realized I needed to study history and literature because I, I knew very little about the world after hearing these guys and, and, and among mm-hmm. others talk about, you know, just nautical history and American history. So uh, after my 10 months on the Lady, I went to college at the Evergreen State College in Olympia and um, have been doing non-nautical things mostly since then. I didn't know that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, actually, I think I told the... The college admissions like interview. I said, "What? Why do you want to go to? Why do you want to go?" Well, I know this guy who went to Humboldt State, and he's one of the most knowledgeable people I know. And I just want to know like some Humboldt stuff. State. <laughs> 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 no, great school, great school. Well, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Well, I never meant to influence anybody. Weren't <laughs> <laughs> you like a sushi chef? Like, weren't yeah, you like a sushi that? restaurant? Yeah, I was, I was a, well, I was like a sous chef for a, for a sushi chef in Port Townsend. Uh, and then I was, I was really a dishwasher who they, they get slammed and they bring me up to the front to kind of make, make rice rolls and California rolls. Um, and so I was, I was a dishwasher until the, the night I joined the Lady Washington. Okay. I finished a ship, a shift at Finn's seafood restaurant, which I think is no longer there. Yeah. Um, had my, uh, had my bag with all my, uh, my duffel bag with my gear, and I walked from the restaurant to the lady uh, <laughs> one boat festival weekend. The next morning, we picked up and, and headed out oh, um, out to Westport. That's how I uh, graduated college. They were in Eureka, and I graduated college in Arcata down the street. And I was like, okay, graduation party's over, and uh, here's my duffel. And stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just, I was ready yeah. to go. That's wild. That's funny. Cool. Yeah. Oh man, that first time on a lady, that was that was so special. Yeah, the first time, I don't know, the first time on any boat's pretty special, but I think, uh, yeah, that boat's been like pretty good for a lot of folks. And I don't know, you, they, they say you fall in love with your first boat. Yeah, yeah, so that, that boat kept kept me coming back, I think, a bunch of times. I went back a bunch of times to that boat. And when Chieftain, too, which is owned by this, Hawaiian Chieftain, which very recently, until very recently, was owned by the same one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when when did you first get on the lady? Because I I remember you at various. I feel, I feel like you kept kind of coming back and yeah. you were <laughs> around yeah. a bit like a bad penny. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, I started so uh, they came back. The boat came back in summer of two thousand five from 
the village of Opitsit, where they did a, a forgiveness ceremony because the original crew of the Lady Washington and Columbia Red Viva burned Opitsit to the ground mm-hmm. in the 1790s. Um, so they did a forgiveness ceremony up there, and then they had come back from that uh, physically and emotionally taxed from yeah. that. Uh, and so like, I stepped aboard in Anacortes when they like, had just gotten back from that, and they were all pretty, pretty, pretty tired. But yeah, so I did two weeks in uh, Anacortes, Laconner, and the San Juan Islands, and then um, came back. I was in school, so then I came back for like winter break mm-hmm. in Marina del, you know, Southern California, and that was the oh, okay. I did with you and you as well. Yep. And because uh, you guys yeah. have done Sacramento and then came down to LA, so yeah, I joined you in LA yeah. around Christmas time. Only you know, what's what's Christmas break like two weeks something like that so I must have been there for two weeks and then uh, that was my last semester of school so then I joined um, in uh, summer of 2005 kind of permanent style or six rather uh, permanent style I also did the uh, did a real quick um, transit that same fall from Aberdeen to uh, to Sausalito see that and that was the transit I missed okay I remember I because I did my two weeks in Aberdeen, I, I basically okay. two weeks of maintenance was my, my two yeah. week volunteer. Yeah, that experience. was kind of me too. <laughs> yeah, and then I had to take a I had to take a break to finish up something, and so I took a train down the coast, met you guys in Sausalito, and I heard about this epic transit. You know, you yeah. and Topher sitting on the gunnels and just or that the, was a very good the thing. chain board. Yeah, that was and, a very good trip. Yeah, and I, I missed out on that, so that was so we, we kind of barely miss each other a couple mm-hmm. times, and then mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Hmm. Yeah. I guess we should tell people, because a lot of people listening to this may not even know what the heck. Yeah, like Lady Washington, Hawaiian Chief. So Lady Washington, she, if any of you have seen the movie Pirates of the Caribbean, she played the Interceptor in the movie Pirates of the Caribbean. So she was the one in the first movie that was the the fastest ship in the fleet. The only actual sailboat in all of the movies, I I believe. I believe that is, yeah, I think so. Certainly the only one sailing in the film. The rest are barges, yeah. Yeah. We had a former mate captain had some great stories because he, he was actually on board for that. But uh, yeah, so so that's what we're kind of, when we're talking about that, that's what we're talking about. They're awesome vessels, um, very old-fashioned sailing boats that people live aboard. And yeah, this is, it changed our lives. It's changed lots of people's lives, that's for sure. Cool, cool machines that do exactly what they're designed to do that are old, old design machines, but man, they work. They function and uh, yeah, create quite a quite a community around them too. I mean, you just look at them and you're like, whoa, that's cool. I, I like want to be a part of that. What are they What are they doing over there? What's What's crazy? You mentioned that you were on for two weeks, and like in my memory, it was well over a month that you were on board. Yeah. But that's I was realizing, oh, that's the boat time. Well, some of it's you. So like, oh, did you come on for two weeks? And it feels like months have gone by. Oh, it's like so much gets done. Right. Uh, I remember you came on as mate when I was Captain Lady, and mm-hmm. and I was, was just very like, short period. yeah, very short. And I just yeah. like stepped back, and stuff got done. <laughs> like things that because you, know, you had this fresh set of eyes, knowledgeable set of eyes, 
and, and you're just like, oh, I, I, I don't remember exactly what you said about the ceiling in the F cabin, but oh, you know, like something about it being like a, a sin to God and all things holy <laughs> on this planet. Like the paint was peeling off. Oh, we had we had got us, you know, the crew was so proud that they got like a, a stool at like a thrift shop or like in front of a house or something. I don't yeah, remember. I heard a dumpster is what I heard. Yeah. Oh, a dumpster. But this thing was gouging out the floor. So we ended up, we had to like redo the soul. The, the soul was just gone, which is the yeah, floor on a boat. And, so we had to redo all that, but it didn't happen. You made it, made it work. So yeah, was, good crew. That was great. Oh, we had so much fun. It was wonderful. And you, you had a basically mate on board that was training to be a mate. So I was like, well, why doesn't he just do the matey stuff? And I'll just fix stuff that's broke. Give me, give me three people and I'll fix the broke stuff. Yeah. It was cool. But yeah, as a boat time, yeah, so every day on a boat is worth like three on land. Yeah, it feels I, like. I think the quote that really meant a lot, uh, I think my friend Brendan Reed, did you meet Brendan? He was... Uh, I captain and chief then we yeah in the late, late days there but uh um, yep. great guy um he, he his quote was uh uh long days short weeks hmm. the days are really long and the, sh- the weeks just go by and i, I found that to be true mm-hmm. yeah a day feels like a week and a, a week feels like you know a couple hours but. very true well, well, I mean, on, on a normal job, you see your coworkers eight eight hours a day, maybe. On a, on a ship, there's no relief. Yeah. <laughs> there's no relief. <laughs> and that's that's yeah, the crazy part. That is the crazy part of it. Like, like you, even the new job I'm working now, where it's yeah, it's like a long day, but in the end, you do get a break. You get that respite. And, but man, when we started though, like when the three of us were together that first time, like mm-hmm. I don't know, we, we, we I still call it the family. I know some other people. At that time period, do but like knew like you would, like you know you know you love people when they have faults and you love them for those faults. Yeah, and like can I, can I embarrass you a little bit? Almost yeah. the definition of family. Because <laughs> like you would spill every freaking meal, you would spill on the ground. Something. I do like, remember. I forgot we, about we that. Got you got you got me a sippy cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. Absolutely. And you'd sit there, and, would, and it was. I remember one time you were sitting there and you were telling a story and getting really excited, and nobody was listening to your story. We were all watching your bowl of cereal as you were talking, and it was getting more and more, and it just, and the more excited you got, the more it tipped over, and finally it spilled. And everyone was just like, ah! And then you were trying to clean it up, and we were laughing. I thought it was such a good storyteller. I seem to remember someone telling a story and someone like just like, Grabbed his plate out of his hand. <laughs> I forgot about that. Because <laughs> it was going to spill eventually. Yeah, yeah. Well, one, one of my favorite neat stories was when it, you remember Squeaky Toy, right? Mr. Squeakums? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we had this cockroach, just like plastic cockroach. Oh, yeah. That would make a squeaky yeah. noise. And somebody had hit it. I forget what happened exactly. Someone hit it under your pillow or my like pillow. cushion. Like, yeah, this kind yeah. of thing. And anyway, so so we were in the the forecastle, which is the the forward part of the ship where the sailors sleep. And you came down, and somebody else was down there as well. And I and I you you were putting the squeak something was happening the squeaky toy, and I randomly made a squeaky noise, randomly, completely randomly, just a kind of thing with, with my my thing. And you looked up and said, "Did you guys hear that?" And I said, "No." No, I didn't. And, and and we proceeded to just mess with you, like making that noise, and you couldn't figure out where it was coming from. And finally, you know, this and like and people were coming down and in and out, and like it's getting funnier and funnier because you really were getting flustered. And then and then you're like, oh, and I know it's you. I know you're making that noise. It has to be you. And then somebody else made the noise, and you just like, 
flipped out and started attacking me. <laughs> and then finally, I, I went out, because uh, I was trying to learn the violin at that point, um, which is another whole story. And I was out on deck, and you came, and like, so I'm like, doing my thing, trying to practice, and then you come out just with a mission. Like, you clearly had a mission. You had the fl- squeaky flamingo toy with you. And you're like, uh-huh. so angry. And you go right next to me with a flag halyard and you right, like, tie its neck up with the flag halyard and start hoisting it up like this, this tweaky toy, you're never going to make that noise again. And then right at that moment, I went, <laughs> and, and I, I was pretty sure you had you had some other squeaky toy and you guys were just passing it around. Yeah. And, and then I went down to the aft cabin where you know some of the rest of the crew were watching a movie and I couldn't talk. Everybody's like, Yohan, are you okay? What's the matter? And like, I can't get two words out. And finally, all I can say is, Newt's going insane. And I started crying. <laughs> and then taught everybody how to make a squeaky noise. There you go. Uh-huh. Hopefully, now that uh, Hawaiian Chieftain's been towed back up here, hopefully, uh, I would be interested to see where all the quote books oh, yeah. uh, got deposited. Right, you know, right. Like, all of these stories are, are, are uh, just, just an example of how, you know, strange communities form, uh, you know, with some kind of, you know, common goal. Like, in this case, you know, just by dint of us working in the same place or, or, you know, just like living on the same boat and doing the same work, but, you know, also hardship forms these communities also, you know, like so many different things that form these, but, it, and, and every single, every single, like, collection of people is different, it has a different dynamic, but often you end up with the, the similar kinds of stories and stuff like that, or, uh, people end up like I remember I stepped aboard one boat. Um, yeah, what was that? I stepped aboard one boat and I, I'd never met any of the crew members aboard. I think it was you know, dude or chieftain or lady. And someone, uh, someone was like, "Oh, you're the guy that did that thing one time and told like a." No, I'm not trying to hide it from you. I don't remember what unflattering story it was. And I was just like, "I don't know you. How do you know that story? You know?" And I think you know it just gets past the. Just gets passed down. It was what? Was, it was probably the joke you told. You had some the, the stupid joke about the clown. The, uh, yes, the yes. Clown, the clown joke, the joke that no one clown, else can tell. The clown they, the joke delivery. would take probably twenty minutes. To right, tell. and it's it's one of those like shaggy dog jokes. Probably great, but and, like <laughs> man, it, it had it had some it had a long life on those boats. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. There there would just be these legends of you know somebody does something hilarious or stupid or. You know, admirable, and it gets passed down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sometimes exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Don't get, don't let the, you know, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, what was the story with the, uh, one of my favorites is, because um, you guys came back. You were on Lady Washington. We were on for 100 Days of Sun in Aberdeen, with, or not Aberdeen, it was Westport. Westport. With Hawaii mm-hmm. and, yeah, you know, west side of Grace Harbor. Yeah, like a, a, a hotel had chartered the boat for mm-hmm. the entire summer. And then Johan and the, the poor folks aboard that boat were contractually obligated to um, you know, perform these day charter sails out of this dock for you know, interminable amount of time. With or without passengers. Correct. Yeah, it, was, it was, you know, like, well, no matter if they got people to buy tickets, they had to do it anyway. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. And you know, there's always maintenance to do on the ship, obviously. Mm-hmm. There's always other things, but... Yeah, so, but we were there, and then you guys showed up, or maybe we met up in Aberdeen. I don't remember the details there, but I do recall the entire Lady Washington crew was speaking with Russian accents. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And we're like, what is going on? That's right. And you had a great story. 
<laughs> yeah, it was about the Russian fishing boat uh-huh. and Canadian. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, this is, and, and I wish this was my story. This is um, the story belongs to a man named Michael Jacobson. We all called Jake, and he uh, he passed away almost exactly a year ago last week, and uh, was a mentor. To, like taught me how to handle boats, taught me how to maintain boats, taught me how to sail. Like, um, yeah, great guy. Um, yeah, one of the giants in kind of our little small community. Um, but yeah, so he was, I, I think they were on Lake Washington, and they were, um, that was a really fun summer working with Jake. He had a, he had a good time that year. Um, he was on Lake Washington on a previous trip, and they were uh, west of, just a little bit west of Cape Flattery, southwest of Cape Flattery, and there, that's the entrance to the Straits of Juan de Fuca, which um, is kind of the major east-west waterway that kind of takes people into the Salish Sea from the Pacific Ocean um, out here in Washington. So they were, uh, you have to like, there's a traffic scheme, you know, so like uh, when ships are coming in, um, there's a there's a service that, uh, that uh, maintains kind of every ship's information and position and stuff like that, so there's no, you know, collisions at sea, basically. That used to be run by an organization in Tofino, that was a, a, it's a Canadian town on the west coast of Vancouver Island. They don't do it anymore. Um, I think it's uh, Comox traffic does it now, but hmm. Tofino shut down. It's not there anymore, which is weird. But um, yeah, so Tofino traffic, you know, they got all these like, you know, well-meaning, you know, adorable Canadian Coast Guardsmen that are, uh, and women that are, are running the station. But um, when you bring a ship in for the first time uh, and you haven't been in their traffic scheme before, they have to fill out a lot of information on the computer for you. They want to know. Uh, how long your vessel is. They want to know what tonnage the vessel is. They want to know how many crew are on board. They want to know what color the vessel is. They want to know all these things. So then they put in the computer, and the next time you come to the Straits, they're like, hey, boom, here's that boat, right? So Lady Washington's been in and out of there for, you know, whatever, 20 years. So they have that, you know, all set. They know that she's coming. 30 years. Uh, they know that she's coming in. Well, so they're out there. So Jake uh, calls in, you know, like, hey, uh, Tofino traffic, this is... Lake Washington, uh, we'll be, you know, our entrance to the Straits is ETA, whatever. And they're like, okay, great, Lake Washington, thanks. Tofino out, let us know when you're, you know, passing me a bag or whatever. Mm-hmm. Tofino out. Um, right after that, uh, they hear this uh, other broadcast that's from what is, is very clearly a Russian fishing vessel uh, called the Sea Fox. <laughs> and uh, so, like, you know, the, 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 like, the radio crackles and it's like, Tofino traffic, Sea uh, Fox. And uh, Tofino Traffic goes, okay, Sea Fox, uh, go go ahead. And it's like, uh, straight to Juan de Fuca. Right, you know. <laughs> okay, okay, Sea Fox, uh, what's your, uh, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your, you know, MMSI number? No understand. <laughs> okay, uh, what, Sea Fox, what is, uh, what is, uh, what is your length? What is your length overall? No understand. Okay, Sea Fox, what color? What color is Sea Fox? What color is is Sea Fox? No understand. Okay, Sea Fox. How many people? How many people are there on Sea Fox? How many sailors? Crew? No understand. Okay. Uh, now you can understand. You like you can hear this guy like getting frustrated. There's one. There's one acceptable spoken language on the sea, and we can have arguments on you know whether or not this is a good idea or not. But uh, it comes from. The 1800s, and it's English. English is the language that is spoken at sea, and you are supposed to be able to understand. If you're a watch officer, you need to be able to communicate and understand English. 
this is clearly not happening. Uh, <laughs> and so you can hear the Coast Guard like starting to get a little a little frustrated, you know. Uh, and you guys are able to just listen in on all this. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's we're, open. We're, yeah, yeah. You know, you can just hear this is you know like we're we're on the Tofino's you know uh, a VHF station, so we're just yeah you because know, we're supposed to check in later, so we're hearing yeah. all this, and we're obviously dying laughing. Um, so like uh, apparently the la- one of the last questions um, that is on their list, and they got this prearranged list. You know, Jake wrote down the list for me when we were on another ship, and so I just had these all. I had it all written down, so when I yeah. broadcasted, I like had all the information and sound more professional because I'm prepared for these questions, right? But <laughs> this guy was not. Um, so, like the last, the, the last question they ask is, um, uh, are there any deficiencies on the vessel? So, like, does the vessel is it is there an engine broken? Is there a light right, out? Right. Like, is there like you know, is someone injured? Does the vessel have any deficiencies? So here comes the question, you know, <laughs> and, and Jake knows this question. He's like, oh man, how's he gonna answer this one? You know, uh, okay, C Fox, and then, you know, this guy like doesn't even care anymore. So, okay, C Fox, uh, any deficiencies to report? Any deficiencies? And you hear the radio go, yes, <laughs> yes, C Fox fishing boat. <laughs> And you can just you can just see the wheels turning like fish efficiencies fish in the sea yes yes <laughs> it's just like and then that just ruined Jake like, and you could like probably see in Tofino like this guy just like head in his hands just like God damn it he basically knew enough English to say English to say the name of the boat and call and respond like yeah. a basic yeah fish in the sea yes. Yeah. You, you said it was your hobby to make Jake laugh. I mean, like yeah. one, one of the stories I remember you telling was, was Jake. He was in the aft cabin. <laughs> like, like, so the the booze would be stowed in the in the captain's cabin on Lady Washington. And right. like, I guess there were like it was just a bunch of bot. Like, he was maybe clearing something out. He's told the story. I don't know. You're there. <laughs> I forgot about this one. Yeah, that's it. We have kind of a week uh, coming up for him as well. Maybe I'll have to tell this one. Uh, at that as well, but um, yeah, we uh, so you know, yeah, you know, when you're working that hard, you're getting to know your, you know, when you have crews that are that close, like drinking can be, you know, like good and it can, it can certainly be bad. It's just a reflection of like, uh, you know, the people that are there at the time, right? You know, alcohol, I feel like, just magnifies like either problems or you know, positive or negative things that are already going on. But this is one of those like crews where maybe we're drinking a little, like. And it you know it happens, and so Jake didn't like to be dad, but he had to sometimes. And so like okay, so the drinking has been irresponsible. He had this great quote. He always said he's like, well, you have three choices. You got to pick one. Either uh, either you police you, Mm -hmm. I police you. Or the police police us all. Pick one, and we'll just, we'll just go with that. And um, so we're like, okay, well, it, like maybe you police us for a little while, and then we'll police ourselves. Like, that is a fine decision. So, so all of this, we were in Pasco, Washington, and it was like way up the river. It's a, the, the head of navigation for the really for the Columbia River. You can't go farther inland on the Columbia River in a navigable sea channel so this than Pasco. East of Camas Washougal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is basically a Hanford nuclear range. Oh okay. Are, I never made it up the river that far. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. This is the Tri Cities kind of way to Pasco and Oh and, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, basically, you know, up the river from Walla Walla basically. So just upriver from the confluence of the Snake and Columbia Rivers. Yeah. Um yeah. So it's that really the head of navigation can't go farther. Yeah, and like that—that that, that was just a fun thing that we like to say about Les Bolt. Like he took us 
farther than anybody else can go. Like, this is the farthest up the river that a ship can go. You know, like, we, and then there was a lot of jokes about turning into a prairie schooner. And Anyway, so so we, it was hard to get beer there because we were just like in the boonies and this, you know, it was, yeah. like, it was a long walk to get anywhere and it was not a great neighborhood. So, okay, we bought a bunch of beer and because we were responsible, we will stow it in the captain's cabin and we'll st- we didn't have recycling either there. And so we stowed the empties in, uh, sure. in the captain's cabin too. So like, anyway, I was the mate and I came, to, I don't know, I had to, I had to DJ something there. He was teaching me how to teaching me how to be a mate, you know. Which like, okay, here's how you look up the local notice to mariners, and here's how I want you to highlight things that affect us, and uh, we'll talk about it. You know, like I want you to update the charts. Like, okay, cool. So I'm learning how to do all this stuff. So I like went to you know I knocked on his door because I had to do something. And he, uh, I opened the door and he's like sitting on his bed like uh, filling out the log, you know, from his rough log to the, the ship's log. Mm-hmm. And like I open the door, and the door like knocks over a bunch of empty beer bottles, it's like boxes of empty beer bottles, you know. And he just kind of he's like a little sunburned, and he's just like he has this, this like kind of handlebar mustache, and he just kind of kind of looks up at me with this like tired look, and he's just a sunburned face, and just like all these balls around. Him. And I look down at the balls, and I like look at him, and, and we can both tell something needs to be said, but we don't know what. And I'm like, this looks like Daddy's room, and then I ran out, slammed the door, and he started. All I heard was like Jake to falling in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Acknowledge the irresponsible Jake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, that was a small grade in there. Uh, yeah, he was amazing. Like I still to this day, I don't. I mean, yeah, some of it, yeah, you got hero worship, <laughs> you got the reputation, all this, but some of it, I still like. I remember him backing the Lady Washington in Newport. Yeah. In between, like I swear to God, there was only a foot or two of space. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that's it. I swear, and he, he just with confidence, like he's like, oh, yeah, I think we. It wasn't think. He's like, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Bam, and just back her in, like, like I, I, I can't do that. I mean, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm good, but I'm not. Like, it's impressive. Like he, it was very impressive. I saw some feats of of seamanship from him that were. I mean, this is a guy who taught himself celestial navigation from a book. Um, I have this. I have a sextant now. His, his brother gave me a sextant and stopwatch and and uh, and bowage and almanacs. Like he, mm, he taught yeah. himself from yeah. books he got at antique bookstores. And like when we when we cleaned up this house, we found um, notebooks where he was teaching himself uh, like trigonometry. Like mm. and then he'd make he would read a textbook. And then rewrite the textbook in a way that he would understand. That's how his mind worked. Wow. He was an incredible, very interesting man. Huh. But um, he and, uh, and he was one of the original shipwrights who yeah. worked on the Lady Washington. I mean, yeah, he was yeah. there predating. He built the Lady Washington. I yeah. mean, they, they like kind of hired him as um, one of the like lower on the totem pole shipwrights. But mm-hmm. then when they were over budget and over uh, time, you know, yeah. over schedule. Uh, they called him in as like kind of you know they, they kind of gave him more responsibility and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then him and uh, Andy um, from uh, uh, Emerald Marine and Anacortes they, that's how they met uh, and they, they just cranked it out so yeah yeah he knew that boat you know from keel up uh, but <laughs> yeah yeah he, he I saw some serious feats of seamanship from that guy probably that 
he got handed, it's my fault. Uh, I got hired to work on this tall ship that had no business being afloat anymore um, called the Kaisei. It's, yeah, I'm sorry if you know that boat and you like that boat. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I will say some good things about that boat, but that boat is a, a typhoon boat. Yeah, yeah, a typhoon button, but the typhoon was spelled with one O. Um, and okay, so the the vessel is called the Kaisei, and it was built as a, the Zev uh, in Gdansk, Poland, in 1988. And so it was a square topsail schooner, steel. It was a beautiful design. She was very fast. She was very fast, and like maybe the most bulletproof uh, standing rig I'd ever seen. Like very, very, very easy. To sail and very fast. It was a, a great boat, but it was on her last legs. She's still afloat and she's not looking great. I saw her in Sausalito mm-hmm. last year. She's not looking good. Mm-hmm. Not she doesn't have long left. I don't think. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so when uh, the Soviet Union collapsed and the situation in Poland kind of changed, <laughs> as as all of that did, she got sold to a Japanese company, sail training company in Japan in Yokohama. And uh, renamed the Kaisei, which, as I understand, I do not speak Japanese, but I understand it means like ocean world yeah, or like world of my, ocean. My Japanese is a little rusty. Yeah, that, but sorry, I'm not but that was what we were told. And uh, you know, the boat was just w- weird. Um, it hadn't been fully Japanicized from uh, from Poland, so the wheelhouse. It was built to like train people how to like run a cargo ship. But do it under sail. Like so you're learning the teamwork and crew dynamics and bridge resource management of a sailing ship, but the wheelhouse of the ship was also a miniature like cargo ship wheelhouse. So she had gyro compass, she had jog stick steering, she had tiny little wing stations on the port and starboard to like, you know, control the ship, you know, like tiny tiny. It was, it was a really interesting boat. I loved I loved the boat and I hated it because it was in such bad shape. The sails were all rags, so when I got down to the boat, so I got hired to the um, I got hired to be like the the boatswain, the the bosun of the boat, and like uh, you know, I picked up the first square sail that was that I found, which was sitting on top of the cabin top, and it just like ripped in half with its own weight, and I'm like, like I picked it up, just ripped in half, like okay, that's one, uh, and uh, you know, like the other ones weren't in much better shape, so I like found a quote unquote sail locker, you can call it that, yeah, the closet in which sails were stuffed, and uh, like. I was like, okay, well, there's got to be some spares here. And I pulled the first one out, and it's a, a, a Japanese culture cartoon called Doraemon. It's like a blue cat. Doraemon, yeah, yeah, Doraemon. Yeah, yeah, time-traveling cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I pulled up the sail, and it's like a giant uh, cartoon cat on a sail. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so clearly the, the, the boat was paid to advertise for a time-traveling cat show. Um, I'll put that one aside. Maybe I can find a sale that doesn't have anything on it. And then the next one I pulled out was a, a giant advertisement for Suntory Whiskey. Like, okay, it's like some, you know, so it was, wow. you know, it was just like, we, we ended up flying a sail that was covered in Japanese characters. To this day, I have no idea what it said. I have no idea what that sale said. Um, but I know we didn't get paid for it. Uh, so yeah, anyway. The boat was in bad shape. Um, Jake and I, th- there's great stories of um, a great crew on that boat that, against all odds, made it to the Tall Ship Festival. In Victoria. In Victoria. That's that's, that's where I saw the Kaisei. Yeah. And Jake was sort of regaling me with some of his experiences on that yeah. ship. And just, yeah. We had a desperately small crew. And so we were having so to do were you, were you were you working on the Kaisei? Yeah, I ended up being the mate. Okay, but, that's like, right. Let me give you yeah. an example of like the crew here. You know, like, and all I love all of these people, but the, the team is... Very, very strange. So it's yeah. Jake. 
Well, so I got hired, and then I was like, okay, uh, Mary, the owner of the boat, I was like, what, what's your plan here? Like, what, what's, what are we doing here? Yeah. And she's like, well, you and Blair Gallagher are going to take the boat up to Victoria. I was like, no, we're not. Well, this boat doesn't require any license, but that doesn't make it a good idea. <laughs> and I refuse. I'll, like, I'll walk off right now. Um, but Blair like, would do it. Like, well, Blair would say no. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, Blair was going to do it. And yeah. so uh, they're like, well, she, Mary's like, well, do you know any captains? So I was like, well, I know one that can do this. You know? And I called Jake up and I was like, hey, Jake, I know you're looking for more 200 time um, to help you with the license. This boat's 200. What do you think? He's like, have her call me. I was like, okay. And so, like, okay, he showed up the next day. Wow. Uh, and so he's like, he didn't unpack his bag. He left his bag in the dock. He, and I, he pulled out two cigarettes, and he's like, tell me what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, like, went through the boat, and it was, you know, it, anyway, he's like, okay, I think we can do this, uh, but it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be weird. And it was. And But, like, we, so the feats of seamanship I saw him pull, um, when we made it to Washington, by the skin of our freaking teeth, we got beat up on the, on the way north. I I got dumped on the bowsprit and laid my scalp open. And I, got, I got pretty beat up. Um, we make it up, and uh, we're in Victoria. And well, okay, so we're coming. It's the most embarrassing day in tall ship history. Do you know about this? Do you know about like uh, Victoria 2008 tall ships? Uh, this is the first time here. This is the most embarrassing day in West Coast tall ship history. All right, for everyone, um, adventurous is not there. Right, right. Because she's okay, a ground on Bird Rock in your heart. <laughs> yes, right. And on the news. Oh. Like, there's copters flying around her, and like, she's, she's like teeter-tottered on top of a rock. Like, it's not good. Oh. <laughs> so, Adventurous is notably absent. Uh, who, who would be one of the hosts of this event? Correct. She's just down right. Yeah. yeah, she's one of the hometown boats, right? Right. Um, Hawaiian Chieftain uh, is boarded by customs. Whatever, that's cool. You know, like they're going to pick some people to board them. That's fine, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we we got boarded too. I think every, maybe everybody did, which will make sense, I guess, because we're anchoring. Yeah. yeah, so we can go. With, yeah, so customs boarded everybody. Anyway, customs is aboard, and they're like doing a deck wash or something like that, and the uh, saltwater standpipe explodes, <laughs> sending this geyser <laughs> of saltwater covering all of the customs officials in <laughs> <laughs> brown rusty water. <laughs> Lady Washington. Rounds up smartly to drop her hook under sail in the roads. You know, they, they, they cast the headsails and they're, they're rounding up. They're back in the fore. Let fall your best bower. <laughs> Splash! No chain to touch the anchor. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, the Canadian Coast Guard later comes out with a barge with their anchor, which has a plaque on it. Welded on. It says recovered by the Canadian Coast Guard. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, okay. Uh, Kaise. Oh, Kaise gets ready to anchor. We're under sail. And then we turn the engine on and we're like idling. We're in like easy ahead with the sail set. Mm-hmm. And I, I finally, I'm getting the, I'm, I'm getting the, like I'm bringing the boat up short, you know, to like get ready to anchor and the small boat. I'm just, you know, bringing the tow up short. And I see the engineer, who's this English guy, a, a terrible guy. Like I've never seen Jake actively hate somebody. He actively hates this guy. And uh, this this engineer, he's just like he's like seventy. Yeah. And he's like leaning on the taff rail with a bottle of Dawn, just going. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, look at that. And there's like a mile long oil slick overdragging. And I was like, no. 
what? What are you? Why? What are you? He's like, well, I, I, I'm just getting ready to go out. And I was like, oh, did you tell the captain? He's like, no, 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 not for something like this. I was like, absolutely <laughs> tell me. You know, like, <laughs> so we shut off the engine. We had blown out our stern gland, and we're just like dumping gallons of oil. And so we are now without a main engine. So that's Kaisei. Uh, uh, oh, who else? Who else? Oh yeah, Lynx. Lynx rounds up to drop her anchor. Uh-huh. Puts it down right on the submarine power cable. <laughs> super well marked. <laughs> Tries to bring it up. Destroys the windlass. Destroys the windlass. It's like on fire. Like, <laughs> destroys the windlass. You know, oh, the Coast Guard Cutter Eagle comes in without a single stitch set. Mm. Embarrassing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every, at least everybody else had sail set, right? You know the one boat that did everything perfectly, perfectly sailed, sailed around to the dock, crowd pleaser, looked great, HMS Bounty. Oh, no, no shit. The faded bounty way. looked incredible that day. Wow. But anyway, we get into, we get into, wow. we had to take a tug. No, I'm sorry, we did, we got the oil stopped for a second. We flushed it out with salt water. And then, you know, which is not good. It's a bad situation all around. But um, we put it on the dock, and Jake, like, basically backed her into Victoria Harbor in front of everybody with a very small crew. And it was, oh. it was, that was good. But we also ended up, when we left Victoria, we could not use our engine, so we got towed out on the hip, set on the hip of the tug, and then sailed off of the tug. Oh, that's kind of cool. Went to, uh, we were foreign flagged. We had to pick up a pilot under sail. We could not use the engine. We were sailing uh-huh. 12 knots and picked up the pilot. Hey. It was one of the coolest things I've ever done. And the pilot's just like, you know, the pilot boat's like, oh, oh skipper, can you up? Jake's on the, Jake's on the like, phone talking to customs or something like that. And, um, and the, the pilot boat was like, oh, yeah, can you guys uh, slow it down? And I was like, nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> so uh, figured out. You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the pilot came aboard and it's just like, Looking aloft, you know, just like, you know, just like, what, what, what yeah, am I? What, what year is it? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, he, he, had, he ended up having a good time. We sailed all the way down to Tacoma with the pilot, you know, through oh, the wow. night, through the night. And he was just like, wow. you know, uh, yeah, uh, uh, can we like make the, can you do something to like, uh, with the sails, you know, to make us go that way? <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's in our wheelhouse. We can do that. <laughs> it's just wild. But that, that boat, like, you know, the wheelhouse I was talking about, like, um, Half of the buttons were in Polish and half were in Japanese. We had no yes. idea what anything did. You know, like I'm just trying to find the, the, the washdown. What, what did the typhoon button do? No idea. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> like we we had we had theories. You know, we had theories. Like uh, my theory was that you pushed it and it wiped out half of Indonesia. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know what it actually did. But um, there was another button that said uh, Wezwani, like W E Z. W A N I E. What the hell does that do? You know, we, and we had this like you know Polish dictionary. We had a Japanese dictionary. Like, God damn it. Okay, this one looks like a, a house with a man on top of it. What does that do? You know, <laughs> it was it was really bad. But uh, it turned out to be desvania, which means uh, alarm. Mm. Oh, but it didn't work, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. And and there's there's a PA system in the boat. There was like a you know hailing system, shipwide hailing system. Didn't work, and like yeah. we had pulled the wires. There was no power to the system. We had oh, yeah. flipped it out of the system, and yet, if you were very quiet in the like 
dark of night, like very, very, very quiet. You could hear John Philip Sousa music playing on the speakers. I mean, shit, you know. What? There was, it, it's impossible for that to, to have occurred. Like someone either did a really complicated prank where they would have had to add a separate power unit to, to power a couple of the speakers to make that happen. That is the only way they could have done The, the, the system was clipped out. There was no power. And, and you speakers. have multiple other sane people to verify this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, yeah. other yeah. sober people. Yeah. So the first person who told me, not Blair. No, 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 the first person who told me was Blair. And so I, I just used to that fan, right? And then, like, at 2 in the morning, son of a bitch, if I didn't hear the Liberty Bell march. And I, like, I was like, this is impossible. This is, like, I'm sleeping, and I was like, I'll be, I'll be damned. And then I went to Jake, and I was like, Jake, I hate to agree with him, but I heard it. He was like, I'm impossible. And I was like, okay, okay, tonight. Is it not going to blow tonight? Tonight? We're listening. And he heard it too. And uh, yeah, that boat had all kinds of weird. It makes me think of, think of the, the miniseries Battlestar Galactica where they all start yeah, yeah. hallucinating yeah. hearing yeah. the uh, along the watchtower coming from the hull <laughs> in the depths of the ship. That's such a great show. That, that also, we, we, we ended up, I ended up quitting the ship with Jake in San Francisco because mm-hmm. we were just. Like that boat was all over the Coast Guard's radar in uh, oh, yeah. San Francisco because the boat had been like dragged anchor in Sausalito. It had like dumped oil in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They knew that boat and they were all over that. From boat. previous crews. Yeah. Yeah. And it was derelict. It was basically a derelict in, in San yeah. Francisco Bay. And so, uh, anyway, we're at like, I don't know, we're at one of the piers in uh, down in the Embarcadero in San Francisco. <laughs> we're like doing deck wash. Like, look up the dock, and here comes like 10 Coast Guard guys with clipboards. So I was like, oh. Jake! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dedication's gonna hit the oscillation. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and so they, they came aboard and they're like, hey, surprise inspection. And we're like, yeah, it's like, yeah, okay. Um, and you know, they, like, Jake pulled me aside and he's, he's, well, this is at this end. Anyway, they're like, hey, we wanna see your fire pump run. And uh, we wanna see water coming out of the hose. Uh-huh. Let's get it, let's make it happen. And we're like, okay, let me get let me get my Polish dictionary real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we figured out the fire pump and you know, no problem. And, and water's pumping, but like, uh, and we're all like, we look disgusting. You know, it's like, not only are we on, you know, tall ship sailors are kind of gross, but like this boat in particular was just, it was gross. And so we're like stink and we look terrible. We're filthy and like. Um, but the ship looked pretty from, from a distance. Oh, fresh look of paint. Yeah. And a lot of varnish on the cap rail. <laughs> Put lipstick on the pig. <laughs> and she had, she had a brand new standing rig. Yeah. And she had, we had just, re- every fiber of stand, of running rig rather had been re- oh, yeah. re-reeved by myself yeah. alone. Damn. So we had all new running rigging um, and all new standing rigging. The guys at Hyde Street Pier had done it. Huh. So they do they do a great job. So, you know, like it, the boat looked okay from a distance. Yeah. Over the rail looked okay. Yeah. Except for that big Japanese sail. Like whatever it said, <laughs> nobody knows. Um but the uh anyway, so the the, the the water charges the hose and there's just like holes in the hose, just like in the cloth hose. There's just like like pinholes pin all holes in the water <laughs> just spraying out. And there's like one big one I like you know, the Coast Guard guys like has back to me and I like put my and so uh you, you know the coast guard guy next to me hears the radio go and they're like yeah how's the fire how's working he's like yeah it's working okay i got a deckhand here putting his toe on a big hole <laughs> 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 and later jake later jake pulls me aside and he's like hey look uh don't try to fool the 
friends. Like they're, they're our friends. Yeah. Like it's it's the company that looks bad here, not us. Right. Right. Like, don't look. Don't. They're gonna remember that the crew was fine. Yeah. They're was gonna it? remember that the boat was bad, and that's not your fault. Yeah. Remember yeah. That is good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. ultimately, when when the defecation hits the oscillation, mm-hmm. they're they're the ones bailing you out. Right. You they're the ones pulling you out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. But, yeah. yeah it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, no, what, no, what a great attitude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My favorite story, I know you guys have all heard this, but because uh, um, Jake was more than just like a boat handler, more than knowledgeable. Like, he was also a romantic. At oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he really was. And, and he would come out sometimes. And I remember we were sailing. Oh, we were southbound. I was on Chieftain. Must have been coming out of Aberdeen and Westport. And um, coming out of Grace Harbor. And we saw you guys off in the distance. Saw you on Lady. Uh, you were there with us. And, mm. and so we radioed and we swapped. You know, this is before you had AIS. So we were swapping information. And we figured out, oh, we're not going to catch you guys. But we saw you under sail there. And it, you looked good. And so we were just like, hey, Jake, what's what's your plan? And I remember Jake, you know, there's a brief pause. And then he gets back on the radio and he says, well, I was thinking we'd head out to sea. About 100 miles, drop land, and sail off into the sunset. It's like, what else can you say to that? Uh, Roger, I remember. That's, I remember that moment. It was just beautiful. And and then we found out you went out to sea and split your board. Was it main tops? It was the main tops. Main yeah, tops right in half. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good... Um, you know, when, when like bad stuff happens that, yeah. you know, like you really learn a lot, you know, like I, I, I always learn from screwing up more than I learn from doing something right. Um, I don't know. It's, somehow it sticks more when I screw up. <laughs> no, whatever it is. I wish it wasn't that way. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, we were sailing, a li- those sails were tired. Those sails were really tired and we were sailing it pretty hard. And uh, yeah, the wind, it was at the watch change. It was right at the change of the watch. And so everybody's a Every, you know, two watches are on deck. Oh, sure. And we're having kind of our hand off. And uh, Jake is like, all right, folks, so it's getting a little windy. <laughs> just explosion, just like, bam! There's <laughs> like, like a gunshot, you know? And like, we had the, the Disney guys aboard because um, there was like another Pirates movie about to come out and they're trying to get uh, a sound record, like really... Is like, that like on um, This is on uh, Lady Washington. Oh, okay. So they, yeah. they had like really like expensive sound equipment and they were like getting... It was pretty cool, like yeah. to see them do their job. Like they were getting, um, they were like in the forecastle, getting sounds of water going past a wood hull. Nice. And then I was like, uh, "What are you doing? This is stupid." Yeah. And then they like, <laughs> then we they let us listen. We put the headphones in. And we're like, Whoa, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Like that's it's cool. something you don't even realize because it's just around you all the time. Yeah. But man, when you isolate it. It is. It's a beautiful sound, and it, mm-hmm. it, they were getting sounds of, like they had us like working like the spanker uh, boom sheet like through the uh, through the block, just to, like like squeaky blocks yeah. and stuff like that. And then they had us take. Uh, they had us. Um, they were recording us doing sail commands. Oh sure. As well. Yeah. Which yeah. some of them showed up in that subsequent movie. There is a couple of like legit sail commands that show up in the movie and that's because was it crew's voices or just they, they use the word it, it was the actors they, yeah. just, they just you know they use the words yeah. or whatever but um, that was cool to see too you know and I was like oh I remember when we, when they record when that happened you know where they got that command from but um, so they played the recording for us later <laughs> the next day mm-hmm. uh, of the sail breaking and you just hear like uh, you hear Jake being like or, you know, the wind is just howling. You know, yeah. it's it's picking. It's pick, it was like we're running with it. We're running almost dead down. It was like yeah. mm, we're on 
I guess we're on a starboard tack. It was north northwest blowies, and and you know we had it coming over the you know starboard quarter. You know, we're just basically running. Yeah. Um. And uh, but it started getting pretty fresh when the sunset, and this was like yeah. at sunset, like it's just getting dark. And uh, you know, see so here, Jake. Like, okay, everybody, you know, it's getting a little windy, so we're just gonna be going. Blam! All the sail rags, and then you hear me just go. Because <laughs> I had like one week left on the boat, <laughs> and I was like, "That's I'm the person. Like, I have to fix that." You know? Yeah, like it was pretty funny. And we, you know, speaking of Pirates of the Caribbean, the, the way we got out of that is we picked up. The, you know, we had a spare main topsail that was in the Laz, and it was the one that Disney had bought for us. Oh, yeah, um, cool. The weird thing is, Disney had taken Disney paid a sailmaker to make it. Mm-hmm. Not us. Like it didn't go through us. It went through Disney. So Disney, whoever their props or whatever person was, they just took the dimensions of the sail that was already hanging, and they mm. didn't account for the oh, percentage stretch. of stretch. Yeah. So that sail was too big. Mm. Um, but we reefed it, and it fit. Wow. You know, so we tucked a shallow yeah. reef, and it was like flying a full main topsail. Yeah. So like yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, and it was pretty tired too, but it ended up working okay. But yeah, that was a that was a pretty incredible transit. That was a lot of sailing. Yeah. That was like stopped the engine outside of Aberdeen, you know, outside of wow. the, the Grace Harbor bar. Yeah. Did not turn the engine on until we cleared Point Reyes. Like just. Yeah, we did the same incredible. thing. We sailed. We sailed under and Great under Bridge. and Great Bridge, yeah. and basically, yeah. Very beginning, very end. We turned on the engines, and it was—I forget how many days—but it was brilliant. Days of sailing, um, yeah. all downwind. We, we were much further inland than you guys, so we didn't get hit as hard. There's just nothing like it, you yeah. Know, there's, there's, and we weren't even really hit. Like, I, it was never scary, or you know, it was just, it was just a little breezy. Mm. You know, it was just a little breezy, and you know, guys like Jake and you know the old hands just being like behaving in a relaxed manner. You're like, okay, there's no problem. But it was it was there's nothing there's nothing like that like I yeah. I I'm kind of a brown water sailor I kind of like I kind of like you know but uh, I like this kind of I like anchoring at night and I like going dry uh-huh. that's what I like yeah. doing that's, right. what I like, that's what I like about boats <laughs> being way out there is not super enticing to me but when you can see land a little bit you know um, and you're sailing off like familiar coasts you know just like especially when the breeze is coming off in the winter. You get these offshore breezes, you know, you get the Santa Ana's down, down in Southern California, and you get this smell. Where'd you grow up? California. Yeah, where? Fresno. Fresno, yeah. you grew up. Okay. Yeah. Um, like, I know the Santa Ana's. There's this smell of California that yeah. is indescribable, uh-huh. and it, like, feels like home. And it's, like, <laughs> warm, like, pine needles, and it's, like, warm. You know, it's like, it's like the sun is set, but that smell from the land is now heading to sea. Mm-hmm. And you're just, it's just, like... It it really hits me sometimes when I was driving to Houston, like going past um, like Point Pinos down Monterey, the southern entrance to Monterey Bay, where my grandmother lives. And so I spent a lot of time there as a kid. So that smell, just like oh, it just gives you these visceral mm-hmm. memories and experiences. And there's just really nothing quite like it. So sailing offshore off a coast, you know, is just that's really special. You weren't on. Um, I was just rehashing with Shiny the. Um, Coming down, back down the Sacramento River in 05, when we snapped off the gallants on the railroad bridge. So I was not there. I got on right after that. You, did you join up like in Sausalito or, or further down? I joined up in probably LA. No, Marino? there was uh, 
Moss Landing. Oh, Monterey okay. Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, right, yeah. That's right, yeah. And you've just done that a couple weeks before. Right. Maybe a week. Yeah, we, a week. we still, we, we were yeah. short. We were yeah. short ship, right? Because we didn't have the new, the new spars yet. That was, that was, what a, that was really bizarre. Well, then we found out that, that that was the second bridge that guy had hit. The, the same captain? Yeah. He was, he was, yeah, spot, yeah. The, right? the Coast Guard showed up and was like, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, we're gonna go ahead and take that license, right? yeah. yeah. Well, and he had also, my the rumor I heard, well, not rumor, I heard it from the captain, so uh, direct. So it was, um, uh, Calmer Nickel, that was um, the boat that he they, knocked off, too. Huh? Well, and I thought what, what I remember the captain of the Nickel telling me, she told me that he had hit at it was at night. Mm-hmm. Um, that he hit a marked, <clears throat> there's a marked wreck with a buoy, and he hit it at like eight knots. And so, like, it, it was yeah. like a significant speed, almost, yeah. almost yeah. punctured the hole. Yeah, yeah, it was like Ooh. a big mistake. You know, not yeah, like you shouldn't. And, so maybe that's the story I heard, and I conflated it with another bridge. That's highly possible. Yeah, we're talking about the Union Pacific Railway Bridge when we hit. Yeah, that, yeah. that was good. Yeah. So, and you know, I ended up taking. Uh, I ended up doing Hawaiian Chief in three. I did three stints bringing her from Sacramento to Southern California. <laughs> and the first stint I did was awful because yeah. there was no information on how to do the Sacramento River and the bridges. There was nothing. Just was nothing. From, from the seaport, they didn't give you nothing. That. Yeah. <laughs> Just figure every, it out. Every, it was the blind leading the blind over there all the time. Oh, so God. I called Jake and. Um, this I will be a podcast about Jake, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just called him up and I was like, hey, what do you remember? Taking the boat down. He's like, well, let me look at my logs. And he oh, just like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. He had all the phone numbers, all the radio stations. He had, because it's oh. like, there's three different agencies that run those bridges. Oh, right. There's the right. state of California. Those are painted uh, green. No. Okay. There's gold bridges, green bridges. The gold ones are county the or one of the other one's county one state mm-hmm. and then yeah. union pacific railroad sure yeah, yeah. uh so there's those are the three different agencies and you got to deal with all three yeah. so like he was like well so this is what this is what i had to go through so i started doing that about a week after after the first time like which was a nightmare yeah. i had made appointments with all the bridges yeah and they had okayed it and then I get to the first bridge, and no one's there. And I'm holding station for two hours, calling everybody. It was great. Less. It was great to show my mate how to hold position in a tight riverway. Yeah. So that was good practice. But uh, you know, like I had to call all these agencies. Like, hey, I'm at this bridge. And I look like a real asshole. Uh, and someone want to open this bridge yeah. uh, via the appointment that I have email confirmation of? Like, Does anyone want to do that? And like, turns out they started winter hours three days before we left. So. Oh, I'm only perfect, in the office at the time. Yeah. So anyway, like, but I, you know, and that's one of those things you put so much work into and then it doesn't get used. Like, Chiefman is now, you know, being towed. Yeah, everyone was in Port Townsend now, but I'm sure somewhere on that vessel is my checklist for how to get the Hawaiian Chiefman out of the Sacramento River. Yeah. Well, I and I don't remember if we. I mean, we probably did use your list because I was with Shiny. Well, one of the times at least, I was with Captain. Mm-hmm. You know, Shiny when he was Captain. Mm-hmm. I would have, I would have been mate, I think. And I mean, we. I'm pretty sure either we did what you did mm-hmm. and had to just redo it again, or we used your list. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't recall. Yeah, but, yeah, it was. But it's definitely helped for sure. That's good. I hope it helps somebody. Because it, it ended up, you know, the, the person you help is often yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's true. And it, you know, I ended up doing it, you know. 
few more years. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a, uh, yeah, it's what? it's fun. So so Osa, oh, I, I mean, we spent a season in, in Camden, Maine. Uh, he's on Loose Our Friendship. We're gonna have a separate podcast solely about Maine because it is fucking. There's so, so many stories so there. Yeah, so funny. Like like it's, it's a wild scene out there. Yeah, we could spend hours talking about Maine, but basically. You're, you know, living, like, you're living on a boat like a refugee. <laughs> like, 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 yeah. You know, what, like, what boat is it? This is, I was on Lewis, our friend. Which is small. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. My boat was tiny. His yeah. was twice the size of ours. But it was still like, the cruise spaces are unbelievable. Oh, wait, Mom. Yeah. I was under, under just a little closet. The mate was under the stairwell, and I sat <laughs> by like Harry head, Potter. My head was <laughs> by his feet. Yeah. And then, yeah, and same with the other two. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, there was no room. Yeah, I was underneath room. the yeah. heads. And oh, then, like the, the 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 pipe fell down one time, and just spilled piss and shit all, <laughs> all over my pillow. Fresh black. Yeah, I was like, I was like super tired. I was like, I'll just go into my. <laughs> and like, Garth saw me. We we knew something was wrong with the toilet, and so he's like, go check your cabin. And I like, oh, and he was like on the quarter deck, but he saw my face when I opened the door. I was just like, <laughs> and he was just like, oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> he's like, because he had worked on the boat as the mate. Yeah. He bought it from the guy that he had worked for. So okay. he had been to me, you know, for a long time. So he knew exactly what that blood was. <laughs> <point. laughs> oh, buddy. But yeah, so, yeah, so, you're, in so you're, you're like a refugee, so you go to the library. Yeah. Because so it's the only place where it's a public library. Yeah. 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 It's like the boat people, you know, like in, from Cuba, which is like, I'll go up to the library and, you know, like dry out and you know, use the internet. <laughs> yeah, so we were there one evening, and I, I remember I was sitting there reading a magazine, and I looked, and this lady kind of, and, and she was upset. Like, you could tell she was like, she sounded kind of crotchety or angry. And I was, I was she's like, where's the bathroom? And, and the librarian's like, oh, it's down, down the stairs. And you're down the stairs. Like, I don't want to go down the stairs. And you know, there's an elevator right there, you know, she said. And so... I was going to help her, but then I was like, oh, she's just being so crotchety and annoying. I don't want to. Well, it turns out she had a headache because she was about to die. She had an aneurysm. Yeah. She, she, was oh, she literally did die. She, yeah, she, she literally did. So what, what happened was she collapsed. So she got to the elevator, uh, pressed the button. I don't even know if she made it to the elevator. She collapsed. Yeah. So everybody looks up and freezes. And, and okay. you know, somebody says, oh, my God. You know, and, and nobody's doing anything. So, so I got up. I went over there. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay, we're first day. Here we go, and yeah. So like the doors open yeah. to the elevator because I was coming up the elevator. Yeah. The doors open and like all I see is like Johan on the ground pulling this one down. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! What did you do, Johan? <laughs> yeah. So so so. Johan killed somebody. We gotta get rid of a body. Yeah. This this is my first time. This is my first time really dealing with anything like that. So my pulse was going really high. So I actually couldn't feel her pulse because my pulse was, was I couldn't calm yeah. my pulse down. Yeah. So you know, you know, Otis came in, he's just like, does she have a pulse? I'm like, I'm I, sure. I can't tell. So you started feeling her pulse and you're like, we need to rescue breathing, but she was still breathing. So I was like, yeah. we we shouldn't. Like well, like I, I just knew like she, she was right on that border of yeah. like there was stuttering breath. She was unresponsive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh like and her pulse was rapidly slackening and her yeah. breathing was getting very yeah. sporadic, if at all. Yeah. In hindsight, we definitely should have done probably chest compression. Because why not? Why not? Yeah. But but at the time, anyway, so, so I was like, ah, she's still breathing. Well, she came too. 
So she actually oh, that was the weird part. Huh. Yeah. Like speaking? Speaking yeah. coherent. Yeah. yeah. She, very brief. But she looked up for seconds. And yeah. so by this point we knew her name. So we said, Hey, you know, you know, it's, it's okay. Everything's fine. We we're like, Can you tell us what hurts? And she was like, Everything. Yeah. Okay. And, and then it was right out of the movies where her like her her throat swelled up and her eyes just the pupils uh, relaxed, you know, yeah. dilated and She's she was gone. Yeah. Right. Actually, prior to that, I should say prior to no, yeah, and that's what happened. And then she had a rasp, the raspy, which there is a death rattle. Who knew? I thought it was like a Bob Hope joke, but no, there's an actual death yeah. rattle. Yeah. Uh, which she made at that point we should have been doing rescue breathing. My my bad. Like, like uh, anyway. So after that, yeah, I mean, I was, the, guys, the guys showed up within seconds of that. Yeah, like, sure. Uh, yeah, the paramedics. I mean, you hear them coming up the freaking stairs, but it's my memory we did chest compressions, but not rescue. And that, that's appropriate. That's, I don't remember. That's what's I don't remember that now. I definitely know all the you know paramedics obviously were they were breaking ribs, but yeah, and they were um, like yeah, they had you know t- theoretically she had you know they had a fake pulse going that they were forcing, but she yeah. was not you know she was yeah. they they claimed her DOA on arrival, but like you know I'm sure in the van they were continuing chest compression, so technically there was blood pumping, right? But like right. any injury, you're not going to do like emergency brain surgery on the floor of the library. Yeah, just, yeah, but it, it was weird. I mean, to to know that I was the last thing in this world she saw. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like, so and the last thing she heard was me telling her it's going to be okay. And so we're yeah. fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, we're <laughs> fucked up. And then like the next day, I'm just like, Whoa. at work, just like that was fucked. And uh, Garth's like, "What's with you?" Like, I, I wasn't working very well. I guess he's like, "Are you okay? What's with you?" I didn't hear about. Uh, yeah, he's like, "Oh, me and Johan fucking." I was like probably talking about like, for an hour, you know, just like fucking arms, fucking fucking died, man. And uh, and he was just like, that was you, you that was you. And he heard about it. And he, you know, yeah. And he was like, Jesus Christ, take the day off. Like, cool. And I like go to the diner, and like it's like I don't know, it's like around lunchtime. And I was like, well, fuck, man, I'll have a beer. And uh, so like I, they give me a beer. I just tell you, they have, they give me a beer, and I'm just. It's about to, it's about to, it's about to touch my lips, and I hear this just like, and I like look behind me, and this guy is just face planted, full of chowder, just like, just like, and just like, and just like, just like, just like, and I'm like, what? and I'm like looking around, and everybody's like, what do we do? I was like, God damn it! <laughs> that is brutal. I can tell what happened with the paramedics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I. Uh, Someone move this chair, please. <laughs> then you know, like it wasn't even the waiter; it was a diner. You know, they got me moved the chair and laid him out and got all the chowder off his fucking face. And like, I did, um, you know. So uh, no breathing, no pulse, unresponsive. So I started doing chest compressions. Yeah. They had just switched from rescue breathing to chest compressions, I believe, that year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Either way, I didn't feel like giving. Rescue press because he's covered in fucking chowder. You know, I don't really even feel like it. You know, um, so I'm just giving him chest compression. Wakes up immediately. Yeah. Mm. And he just like, he just, he goes like this. He goes, 
Was it my pacemaker? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Has this happened before? And, then, and his wife was like, this has happened before. I was like, that would have been good information. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and, then, yeah, and then they're like, <laughs> don't shock him. Yeah, the pyramids get there. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, uh, he says it's a pacemaker. She confirmed that uh, he seems to be doing all right. Uh, a couple of chest compressions, bing, bing, bum, bum's your uncle, you know? And they, but, the, but the pyramid was the same guy from last night. So yeah. he like looks at me and goes, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, how's it going? Not great. Not great. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, and then they're like putting it in the back, and one of them's like, hey, want a job? And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, yeah, and then Johan and everybody else started calling me the angel of death for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, a week. Yeah. Angel of death. Yeah. There was, yeah, after that one, I remember uh, Mary, uh, Barry. Barry was the, the captain of uh, Mary Day, and he, he, he kind of told me in a roundabout way. He said, you know, uh, what was uh, Jesse, you know, you're a doctor, the mm. writ of. Um, I think it's Corvus. Gosh, that's that's the one. This is a Hippocratic oath. Hippocratic oath. Yeah, the Hippocratic oath. Uh, he said, you know, they can't tell you what what happened. But he said, I heard through the rumor mill because he he knew the paramedics mm-hmm. completely. In a roundabout way, he said nothing you could have done would have saved her. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. always giving yeah. brain surgery. Yeah. Like it's you know, like he's trying to you know make feel better. But it was after that moment I was like, okay, I'm getting my wilderness first response, which is exactly like, what I did. Yeah, yeah. that too. Oh, whoa, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it was just, because of that incident. I was like, yeah. well, it was because of the two incidents. I was like, this is going to happen to me every day. Maybe third, I thought so because you came through the doors of the elevator saying, "No, God, not again." Like something <laughs> else had happened prior to the lady collapsing. Yeah, the yeah. Like what? Uh, what was that? Uh, fucking. <laughs> was it a passenger or something? So I've given CPR six times. Oh my god! <laughs> Damn. Um, it was someone died oh. outside of my apartment in Seattle oh, right before I came out the main. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, but I've done some successful ones. The first time I ever gave CPR, I was 16 years old. You were 16? Uh-huh. Wow. And, I, and we'd, we'd done CPR in my high school. Uh, we had a class that was like, uh, learn how to vote, <laughs> uh, uh, get your driver's license, a uh, little sex ed, little go- local government, Yeah. and uh, CPR first aid. Yeah. And so I had like That's just gotten my class. CPR and I just got my driver's license. I was driving my like high school girlfriend around on a date and this fucking drunk hit a motorcyclist head on. And she Ooh. went She did this like helicopter in the air, twenty feet in the air. And uh, then hit a hit a light post and then crumpled over. Oh my god. Like in midair, just like it's like a rag doll. It was like a frisbee. And uh yeah, she lived. So that was my first huh. and she lived. Wow. Yeah. Um Wow. Yeah. And then uh and then I just did one in February in the San Jose airport. I was like, flying home to get my grandma to yeah. sell to sell the show. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like going by security, and there's this guy on the ground and a woman working on him. And I was like, oh, no one's helping her. So uh, mm. hey, I got a whooper. Can I help? And she was mm-hmm. like, I'm a nurse. So I was like, yes, you're in charge. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she was like, why don't you why don't you do the uh, why don't you why don't you why don't you use the defibrillator? Great. So I, I I gave him a couple of stout ones. But yeah. Yeah, he lived too. He has brain cancer. So like we were we were on the phone with his wife and he's on a he had a medical tag and he was on a litany of meds. Mm-hmm. So he is probably on some blood thinners that right. anticoagulants are probably Yeah. Blood. Yeah. Damn. But he was alive when they rolled him out. So. 
Hmm. Pretty good, pretty good record actually. It was one we lost uh, right after Maine in uh, at Uncruz Adventures in Alaska. Almost exactly aneurysm. Wow, that didn't even do. But that one was really interesting. I wish, I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to be morbid. I wish there was a film of that because of its help that it would provide to medical providers, like first first providers, because like the the decline to watch in his cognition was wild. Oh yeah. Like he was like, yeah, I just feel a little funny. Just feel like, and then like. Like his own like made up language and like one unfocused his brain, eye. His brain was just dying off yeah. as the blood spread. Yeah, and you're yeah. just like, what's going on? And then just oh. like the like now I can't walk and now I've I've, I've wet myself and now this part side of my body doesn't work and you're just like, oh. what the fuck is going on? And yeah. then like get him laid out, you yeah. know? And we're like, it's so easy to have a heart attack or a stroke. Like this is for serious. And then like you know you went from like he's up and talking telling you that he feels funny. Yeah. To we are doing CPR on him and he is unresponsive, and that span was like six minutes. Yeah. Maximum. Yeah. And then he's in a helicopter, and it's just like, well, that happened fast. Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do as a surgeon? Yeah. To like get in the way of stop that chain? There's nothing. No. Yeah. In six minutes, you can't do anything. You gotta get to the OR. Yeah. It was just insane. Yeah. I think the biggest. I mean, the, the most significant medical emergency that happened on board wasn't, we, we had a bunch of passengers who would get seasick or drunk and unruly, but um, were any, any of them on board in Iwako 06 when Lucas, the, Lucas, the, when he fell, I was the there Swiss, um, yeah, he was like a, a yeah. two-weaker from, from Switzerland. Were you there for that? Yeah. Oh, I was, I was, was, I was back on the quarter. He was on Lady, I was on Chieftain, but we saw oh. him come down from Chieftain. Yeah, yep. Oh, and we, we had a, a deck full of passengers and some kids and, you know, he, he was trying to kiss the, the truck. That was his, like, it was a tradition and yeah. people, people were kind of, you know, he, he had the, he felt pressure to do it. Clipped into one of the, um, one of the backstays, the, the running backstays. Yeah, yeah, just just zipline straight to the pin rail. Yeah. He broke that fucking pin rail. Yeah, pin, pin rail missed, missed his orbit by, you know, half an inch, went up this way instead of in. Oh, jeez. And he broke that old thing in half with his face. It's as thick as his microphone. That's ash wood, right? That's strong as... Yeah, so I, I mean, you know, we, we were luckily just outside of port. We walked 10 minutes into mm-hmm. the tour. So we turn around, you know, book it back to the dock, make like a, you know, skid landing. And by the time by the time we got him off the boat, his head was just ballooned up, and I'm holding the stretcher, kind of like helping him get him onto the dock, and he he was fine. You know, we they filmed the OHSU. And yeah, we went to visit him. Yeah, we, we went to visit him uh, like two weeks later. Right, he's walking around. Yeah, yeah. There's no brain damage, no spinal damage. I heard. Yeah, he broke. Uh, his bones did break. He broke. I thought I thought he chipped a vertebrae. I thought he chipped a vertebrae. It was overall not. I mean, he broke a wrist, and it was mostly soft tissue. Like he burned yeah. both of his hands on the on the lines. Yeah. Right yeah. This was all soft tissue. Yeah. yeah. Um, did he break this? He might have broken like a couple. What's that called again? Periorbital. Periorbital. This is the maxilla bone. And, yeah. yeah. But his wife was a, was a critical care nurse back in Switzerland. In Switzerland, so she was on the first plane. Yeah, she flew wow. straight over and was like. And there's two there. nurses ab- aboard as. Uh, uh, guessing. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Is it true that Nick Nick Williams grabbed him? He, he, he plucked. He plucked his. Like, he plucked his heart as like a guitar string. Yeah. Nick was up on the. Oh, you know, almost got. Like, he was you're standing. Not stop, no, you're of course not. Right. Right. Well, Nick's a huge yeah. guy, but still. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. He was standing just above the. Um, the cab. 
what's it called where you have to go? Athletics. Yeah, he was running yeah, on those athletics. Athletics. So he reached his arm out, but yeah, probably slowed down a little. That might have made the difference. Who knows? Like, Who knows? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. That's wild. I heard. I remember reading the, uh, the incident report on that. This is many, 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 many years later. I was a captain, but still have the old incident reports. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's fun to go through. Yeah. Board, like, um, yeah. It was written by the mate, and the mate was just like, yeah, we thought he was dead until he started screaming. Right. Yeah. He was hanging there for upside down minute. from his harness. Yeah. yeah. And then he just started, yeah, screaming and yelling. And then yeah. he, he came back a couple years later and finished his, his two week volunteer. Yep, still. I saw I was aboard when he did that too. I saw him and I was just like, Oh way to get back on the horse, pal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah, that was wild. He was a he was a nice dude too. Tell me your friend and I've told this story a bunch of times. Oh, oh. I, I credit you, but I don't oh, know. Oh. If I get the story right, oh, oh. the story where you had a friend who like was from Austria and girls in a bar were asking him to sing the Edelweiss song. Oh yeah, no, no, okay. that's like one of my favorite Johan stories. Oh really? Oh, it's so, it's so funny. It's <laughs> it's such a funny story. <laughs> so, well, no, what it was. So um, after high school, I took a year off. I went to yeah. Germany, and so in that year we had like uh, there was like a. Forget how long it was like a two week long trip where we drove all around Central Europe and Western Europe, and and so one of the last nights we were in Austria, and yeah, I think they just brought this guitar player in to play just for us. It wasn't like we were yeah. out at a venue or anything. It was just, you know, this this guy was, and it was nice. Like he's just playing these nice songs and stuff. But all the girl, all the young uh, American and Canadian girls are like, "Could you play Edelweiss?" Because we're in Austria and he's playing guitar, and, and he's like. Look, this is, and I guess I had a bit of an accent. Like, this is not an Austrian song, but I will play it for you. And he plays this. You know, it's okay, just, I super exaggerated. Of course you do. Such a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, uh, somehow it conflated like the girls are hot. and like, Well, they were. Well, okay, good, good. That's good. And I then, think they were. And that's good. And then, like, I'm 18 years old. So and then, like, and then, like he was hot. Which I, I must have invented because I probably heard this before. And then like, and then he's like, that is, he's like angrier in my version. Like, it is not a part of my culture and heritage. This is not an Austrian song. It was written by Rogers and Hammerstein. It has nothing to do with Austrian history. But I will sing it. <laughs> oh, that's what the story is. Yes, that's yeah. what I remember now. <laughs> Masako. Was it? Like, no, what was your name? Um, J- Japanese. Yeah, what was your name? And I taught I taught all the crew how to say Kawaii. Oh, yeah. Kawaii's name. What was your name? Was it? No, it wasn't Masako. Masako was, was another, there was another Japanese company. Um, she was awesome. She, she was, was super cool. She, she had worked on Chieftain. Okay. Um, when Ian owned her. Yohan Tachi. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Yohan Tachi that. <laughs> I remember the bar that happened. Yeah. That's some of the hardest I've ever laughed. Like, she was so honest. She was just like, do you know any Japanese? I was like, well, I only know how to say one thing. You know? And like, rewind, I learned how to say it like hours earlier. <laughs> like, like, how do you that's name? She was like, slap. Like, just like literally, like, hit me. I was sitting next to her. At the, there, there was like this big, we're all at this big booth at a bar. And, 
Yeah, it must have been Pedro. It must have been San Pedro. I know. I do remember the booth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, the uh, table. And that was just so funny. Y'all have that. Happy most people. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, well, you remember the Gimplers. Uh, yeah. They only, so uh, Maddie, Maddie and Maya, I think they both, but they, the only German they knew was mm-hmm. Mein Arschloch verblutet. Yeah. Which <laughs> literally asshole. translates means I am bleeding to death from my asshole. That is the literal translation of it. That's the only German they knew. I remember this. They're like, Johan, no, you speak your mind. I was like, where did you learn that? Like, what the heck? Like, some people learn words, you know. Like, nope. <laughs> Not the Gimblers. <laughs> they were some weird kids. They are so funny. Oh, man, you know, that, I, I want to wait for new because this is such a good story with the, the puking thing because the Gimblers were there for that, weren't they? They were on Lady, the, I thought. The, yeah, we were all on Lady. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah we were that all on Lady. Freaking old. And that's the, that's maybe the hardest I've ever seen. Jake laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, from my perspective, it was a Chinese group, like a film documentary group. Yeah, so it was like it was. Um, um, someone explained it to me really well, like who these people were. They're like, so in China, there is a burgeoning middle class because they're communists, but like. Diet communist, like China's America in the fifties. That's who they are. They're the, the the next big economic engine. Like mm-hmm. they are booming, and so it doesn't matter what kind of government or, or economic structure you have. When there's that much money being made, there is a new class created, and that's what's going on in China. So there's a new like middle class that can spend money and can travel and can afford to do that kind of thing. Um, and so to cater to that, and you would think like in a communist a Soviet communist society, which they ostensibly are, but only name really only, you would think that that's like not allowed. That, mm-hmm. that, that class mobility is not allowed and that like travel is not allowed. Both of those things are allowed, um, which is why they're not, they don't really fit the mold. But the, um, uh, so there's like a travel channel. Like, there's like, a, like channels dedicated to like, here's what you go see when you're Chinese and you're visiting the world. Yeah. And so that's what they, uh, apparently what they were. Like, this is what you do in Washington. You drink a bunch of beer and you have a bunch of fucking chowder. You can see like the mathematics of like the, the yeah. plan for their day. Like, okay, we're out here on this like rainy ass coast. Like, what do you do out here? Yeah. Uh, well, there's beer and chowder and boats. Like, let's combine all that. Oh, <laughs> most, most of them wanted to go on Lady Washington. We had three at right. least. There were three on our boat. And Chieftain, for whatever reason, the the because the, the swells in Grace Harbor sometimes they can just come. And you were on Chieftain. Yeah, I was on Chieftain. Yeah. And so our people, they like got Kevin McKee. Uh, yep. I think Kevin was captain at that time. Did Kevin take over by that point? I can't remember, but mm-hmm. but I think Kevin was still captain. Anyway, we're there, and our people got sick, but they weren't pukey sick. Mm-hmm. Like, and everybody was feeling it a little bit. I was, but Chieftain just took the roles a little better, whatever it was that particular day. But I do remember, from my perspective, I remember looking over and seeing one of your passengers puking over the side, and I remember getting a radio call from Jake. Yeah, I was standing right next to him. He said, due to circumstances, I believe it went like this, due to circumstances, which I will explain later, we can no longer use our deck guns. (laughs) (laughs) And then you described it as a vomit fiesta, and I will pass the story on to you, sir. Yeah, the uh, are we recording? Oh, we're recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the um, yeah, he, yeah, it was uh, yeah, man, it was it was wild. He 
Um, the gun didn't work because I was, was I the gunner? I'm not sure that I was the gunner at that time. I might have been. I was for, I was in charge of that for a long time, but I don't remember in this instance if I was or not, but whatever the circumstance, the, uh, like, whoever was the gunner, it might have been me, it might have been somebody else, like, they removed the touch hole cover from the gun, and this guy just puked, like, <laughs> right on the touch hole. Just, like, right on the fuse. Just, like, ah, that gun is done. Uh, and there's, like, all these... <laughs> we had all these nicknames for, like, the, the different pukers. Like, I don't know. I don't, you know, like, I don't know, um, it, you know, if they're, like, culturally how this all goes, but, like, it was clear that there was some shame about puking, which, like, whatever, that's cross-cultural, but, like, yeah. I don't know if these, you know, like, most of the people were just like, hey, this is life, we're just, and they were super apologetic, and, like, this was terrible, you know, they felt terrible, yeah. and they were puking in front of us and stuff like that, but this one guy, we told nobody to go below decks because you're not, you know, like, it's a, it's technically a secure area, like, via Marsec rules, it's like, technically, you know, if there's no crew member down there, there's nobody supposed to be down there. Right. Well, there's nobody, there's no crew member down there, but this guy somehow had snuck into the, into the main hold and, and had somehow found the bathrooms. We hadn't told anybody where the bathrooms were, you know, like nobody had been down there. But he, I found him in there and he had just, he had just emptied himself, like all over the, like, the sick counter and all the floor. And he was just like, we did not speak the same language. And he was just like, kind of like shouting at me. He was clearly afraid. And I was just like, okay, I'm not going to yell at you because you're dealing with the 20s. So I'm just going to let you finish out the day here. Uh, but yeah, there was one guy we called the, there was one guy we called the fire hose, you know, and he just, he didn't, he didn't make like a vomiting sound. He was perfectly silent. He just opened his mouth and just like a stream came out. Just like no heaving sounds. Just like, and he was just like looking at us like this, this like wide fear eyes, just like, just, just this huge stream of vodka. And he was like trying to stop it with his hands. And just like getting all over his it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. It was incredible. And uh, yeah, Jay, that was, that's the hardest I, I've ever seen. Wow. <laughs> Is it true? So, was there puking on the quarter deck? Oh, there was, yeah. Okay, it was there. One of the stories I heard from Maddie, Maddie Gimpler, was like oh, he, he got, got worse his brother it. played a joke on him. Prank on him. Yeah, yeah. He got the worst of it. Okay, so like some yeah. one of the pastors had puked on one of these Chinese pastors had puked on the main sheet and on the, on the, on the preventer. Oh, on the, the preventer. preventer. Okay, yeah. preventer yeah. sanction. And so yeah, and so yeah. Matt, you know, Maya, who's the older brother, says, "Hey, Matt, Matty, go he's the preventer." And so Matty just is easing it, and then just totally lost his cool as the puke, like and, yeah. you know, the, the puke was sliding through his hands on the rope. He's just like. <laughs> Get the bucket. Yeah, get the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was almost. And we were like, yeah, he was getting mad too because we were just laughing. <laughs> because like, the more he, you know, like garbled and the more he like got got sicker and madder, it was just funnier. And uh, yeah, that was that was that was me being a poor shipmate, but it was also extremely funny. I didn't know. It's a great. I wasn't good in on it, being yeah, sir. And I wasn't in on the trip. Like I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know that someone had puked like right, right on the speaker preventer, and uh, you know, like Maya had placed his brother like in the spot he knew that, you know, and uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was pretty funny, yeah, yeah. And then there was like one local guy who I think was a crabber. There was like a local guy, and he brought his like uh, I don't know, like, six year old, seven year old son, and they were the only people on board that weren't 
this uh, charter of Chinese nationals. Mm-hmm. And um, so he, uh, and you know, clearly this guy was used to like the sea, he was a fisherman, so he was like not seasick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Neither was his kid. But uh, like all, all they saw was like me angrily just following people around in the saltwater bucket <laughs> trying to watch the ball and you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the kid was like, Dad, what, what is that bucket that that sailor has? And uh, like I heard their dad say, like, well, son, that's what we call a chum bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really weird. I talked to somebody on the Chiefs, and I forget who it was, one of, one of your crew not mates. Uh, maybe it was Kevin, I don't remember. But uh, he said that he snapped the binoculars on Lady Washington, and all he just saw was just these, like, like misting vomit, like exploding off the deck. Like, oh so my people, God. just like multiple people eating on the side, just like puking, and just like mists all over them. <laughs> what a horrifying sight! Just like geysers of vomit. Oh, it, it was, it was so bad that it was absolutely hilarious. It was like, it, it was just so funny. And you know, we got back to the dock and we, you know, furled up the sails and we, you know, I think, I think we called it early. Came, it was supposed to be three hours, and it came in much earlier. But uh, yeah, we're throwing up the sails and like washing down the deck, and you know, like uh, Jake just called the day. He's like, "We're done. We're done for the day. Like that's <laughs> that we're we're done." Otis and Newt, uh, <laughs> Ryan and Jesse, uh, thank you guys. This this has been fun. Never done a podcast before, but uh, wow, just so many good stories. I really do miss and love you guys so much, uh, and I'm so thankful. To, I mean, if nothing else, we at least have these stories that we can share with each other someday when we're old and crotchety. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you're, if you're, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you need more content, uh, boy, there's a, there's a lot of these. I haven't told a lot of these stories in a long time, so. <laughs> I, I still think we should do a separate one on Maine. That was just. <laughs> yeah, Maine, Maine is a unique, uh, being the, like the, the, the Californians and then going to Maine is, is, you got a target on your back as soon as you get there, and uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty funny scene, like down East Maine from a West Coast perspective. It was pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more stories about Jake. Two months in Port Townsend. Yeah, yeah. Johan, you gotta just cancel your contract. Just, just cancel my contract. No, 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 no. can sail self. Yeah. No, I wish. I wish. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm so happy that we got to talk about Jake. He's, yeah. Here, here's to you, Jake. We yeah. miss you. We, uh, his birthday was a couple weeks ago, and we all got together at uh, Karen Clapp's house, and, um, and uh, yeah, we told some Jake stories and had some drinks, and then somebody spontaneously started singing, Here's to Jake. Oh, nice. And it was <laughs> perfect. <And> Jake's, <laughs> Jake's brother was there, and he was just mouth a <laughs> And then he started furiously applauding when it was over. Uh, yeah. Man, oh, would it be inappropriate to end the podcast that way? Oh, no. All right. Well, let's do it. <laughs> Here's to Jake. Here's to Jake. Here's to Jake. He's a horse's ass. He's the meanest. He sucks the horse's penis. Here's to Jake. He's a horse's ass. We love you, Jake. We miss you. All right. Thank you, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that. Adios. Fair winds, everyone. Good main voyage to this podcast. <laughs> Fair winds.